Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Toby. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. Robert, how are you? Hi, Russell. <laughs> Today, I am feeling summery. Ooh. It feels like, I was looking at weirdly at the weather report. Well, it's not that weird, actually. When you live in the UK, it seems to be a topic of conversation that comes up over and over again. Yes. But I was looking at it in the next sort of like two weeks, is sun every day here in Margate. And I'm is it? living the dream. And the reason I'm feeling summery is that today's guest is an emerging artist who has actually been messaging me and Talk Art on Instagram for a year or so and is very engaged with the show. And I've always really liked her enthusiasm for what the artists do that we've been interviewing. But also I started to check out her own work over that period and have seen it develop over the last year. And there's a new series, 2021, which are called the Yellow Series. Love. And it's, it reminds me of summertime. And every time I see them, because they're predominantly the colour yellow... They're like monochromes, aren't they? Yeah, they're just amazing. And they're really, like, vital and summery. And, you know, coming out of this pandemic has just been a crazy time, obviously, for everybody. And there's something about the, this particular series that has given me sort of life and sustained me in recent months. So I'm very grateful for that. But also, the artist we're going to meet today is part of a amazing exhibition that is about to open that's um, been organised by Campari and it's called Art Without Walls. And why is it called that, Russ? Art Without Walls is an exhibition in Shoreditch in East London where Campari have very generously donated their advertising space on walls and bus stops to independent artists and their work. And there will also be live projections of the artwork. And all these works are available for sale, but it's affiliated with the Affordable Art Fair, so they're very affordable. And it's also supporting so many artists that have, during the pandemic, been affected terribly by, you know, financially not having shows on, having shows on, not being seen. It's been a really scary time across all the arts, really, but especially for artists uh, who kind of are working hand to mouth. So this is an incredible initiative. Campari is very involved with creativity and they have been for a long time and working with the affordable art fair is obviously an incredible organization you know it makes art affordable makes art for everyone someone that we've um, worked with before as well and I just love the idea that like you can have an exhibition outdoors and it's going to be like the largest exhibition um, outdoors in the UK ever I think yes. and it's going to be live from the 14th to the 27th of June and sorry Rob it's completely free we just want to put that out there thank you very much yeah, and it's completely free and open to the public. And when I heard that the, today's guest was part of it, I thought, what a brilliant thing. We could talk to her and also promote this very cool um, exhibition, which is outdoors and free, but also I think it's so democratic and inclusive and supporting the talent of the future, you know, the new artists who might not have had, you know, exhibitions yet in a mainstream way. So I'm super excited to welcome to Talk Art... Ellie Tate. Hi, Ellie. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm really glad you did the um, when you go low to high when you introduce because, as you said, like I'm a big fan of the podcast and you always go like, did it? It was like a game. Yeah, come on down. Oh my God, my name's going to be on it now. Oh, bless you. It's our Dale Winton reference. It reminds me of like Supermarket Sweep. Supermarket Sweep. Yeah. No, I love it. Did I just see that you were drinking something then that's quite pink and delicious? 
but I thought I've got I thought Negroni is my favourite cocktail, so and it's summer. Rude not to. It's I'm a summer cocktail, at. isn't it? You've got a Campa- Campari Negroni. Love that. I've got exactly yeah, with the a same. Yeah, a slice here. of orange. Ooh. <laughs> I've got exactly the same here. Negroni is twenty-five yeah. millilitres of Campari, twenty-five millilitres of gin, and twenty-five millilitres vermouth rosso. Did you know that? Is that how no, you I made didn't it? Know that. But you know what? I'm going to make one later. They, they sent me a bottle, and it looks like a 1920s. It's like a really beautiful label mm. with a man in a top hat, Campari. Negroni. Yeah. Um, it's very How did cool. you make yours, Ellie? Was that well? I, w- I went into because I'm I'm living at home at the moment. Um, so I went into the alcohol cupboard, <laughs> which is quite extensive. But my mum and dad didn't have Campari. They had like the vermouth and the gin and everything. So I actually like because I I thought earlier I was like oh I should have I should make a Negroni. So my mum whisked out to the shops oh. um, to get me one. <laughs> she was like I don't have it. That's so, a good um, mum buying yeah, her daughter best. alcohol. Exactly. Yes, I know. So now I've got another fresh bottle in the in the cupboard. Ooh. You know what? I think the one I've got is already mixed actually it's already got the vermouth and the gin and Campari all oh, mixed in it probably it would bottle. be for you I Rob but, you know, I think they, yeah but I think they've done that for me because I'm quite basic but loving that. <laughs> <laughs> basic Campari bitch that's what they call you so um Ellie Tate first of all your surname Tate means you were obviously destined for art fame <laughs> it's actually a... no link yeah <laughs> where do we find you today Ellie so I'm in I'm in Winchester actually. Um, so I, I moved home last August mm-hmm. um, from London. Mm-hmm. So I've been living with my parents for like the last or have like nine months. So yeah, it's 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 fine. I think I think um, I mean I've been planning to move home before the pandemic because I just needed a bit of a break. I've been living in London for four years and it's just it's so it's so hard as an artist to like. Um, it's just so expensive. It's like just to make it work. I feel like it's near on impossible. Like, uh, it's just so I had like a few part time jobs and everything, but I just needed a bit of a break. Um, and then with the pandemic, I was like, it just kind of even more. I was like, I'm just going to go home for a bit and then figure things out. So you had your studio in Woolwich, didn't you? That's where you were. Yeah. So I've still got a studio there. Oh, yeah. Um, so I got that just when I moved home um, because so my mum and dad have given me a wall here, which I paint on. Um, so they've they've been quite um, patient with that, actually, because I've like messed up the wall quite a bit. But um so and then and then yeah because I've got I mean I've got so much work that it's just somewhere to it's basically kind of like a storage studio up and then I go up maybe once or twice a week um but it's such a nice studio I wish I could go up more but um it's just trying to figure out how to you know do everything at the moment so I've got space at home and I've got my space in London and then I go in between right Wow. And how do you think the pandemic's actually impacted your work? Do you think, because obviously it's been such a kind of emotional time for many people. And I guess you being back with your family, maybe that was nice because at least you weren't by yourself. Because I mean, I was by myself and I think I find um, talk art has kind of sustained me and kept me positive and less yeah. anxious. But do you find art making helps you with anxiety or, you know, is it is it been a positive oh, yeah, thing during the pandemic for you? Yeah, I mean, so the first, um, when, when we first went into lockdown, I was still in London um, and so that and that was actually really nice because it was just me and my flatmate um and we just we actually we had a really good time I mean it was the first time for a while that we were able to spend proper time together because we were both so busy um and for me it was because I think leading up to it I was like it was quite I was quite hectic I was always trying to fit in studio time so I'd go after work or I'd go in the morning or I'd go I'd have like one studio day and I'd just be like I'd be there for a few hours and it was quite I was just like, I have to go there. I have to be productive. It, it was, qu- and, and then if I did something that I liked the next day, I'm like, I, w- I won't be back for a few days and all this sort of stuff. So 
I was just desperate for time. Just I just wanted time mm. and like space to be able to just properly work. Um, so in a weird way, it was it kind of it sounds awful to say, but it kind of worked out quite well in a way because I finally had time just to paint every day. So I set up a little space in the lounge um, and I just, it was the first time where I was able to just, yeah, paint every day, like continue what I've been working on the previous day, um, like tame, t- t- take time to sit back and have a look at what I'm doing rather than just be like, like looking, you know, looking at the time or whatever, or just being like, oh, I'm not doing enough. You know, I've got, it's my studio day. I'm meant to be really productive. So it was, it was quite, um, so I, I noticed my work changed a lot because I was able to just chill out a bit mm. um and the work that I was making before that was quite I think I only realized afterwards in hindsight that it was quite reflective of the way I was feeling and like the, the kind of way I was um I don't know I guess just living day-to-day life it was it was because they I was doing like these really big I was basically obsessed with these three colors mm. um pyrrole orange I just picked three and I was like they're the ones that just feel good <laughs> Um, cobalt blue and um, it's called yellow light hansa and I used them straight from the um, tube tube. and I was just going straight in with them and I was doing quite I had a tiny studio at that point I was doing quite big canvases um, quite blocky and I was just going straight from the tube and I just wanted to make like these quite like big kind of impactful quite almost in a way the colors were quite not ugly, but, you know, like really in your face and kind mm. of quite jarring. Yeah, bold, aren't um, they? Yeah, yeah, bold, so that when I left, I could be like, okay, like, I've done that, that's good, I've done, like, it's in, like, I've, I've left, I've done something. And it also felt like it, I was just kind of, <laughs> I don't know, it just, it seemed to fit. And then when I, when, when, um, during um, the lockdown, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to go near those colours anymore, I don't want to use them. I didn't, well, I didn't feel the need to, I was like, I want to be able to, and I want to start mixing colours again, I want to mm. just take time. So I think... Um, I've realised, yeah, that it has changed quite a lot, and I haven't gone near those colours since actually. Oh, wow. So it sounds like you've yeah. put you put quite a lot of pressure on yourself when you're in the studio to be creative, to fulfil a canvas, to create work. So yeah. that when you're in the studio, it's not like you you haven't given yourself time to reflect in the studio and just sit there with your work and enjoy yeah. it and let it absorb, you know, so you can then work through it. It's like you get there and you're really. You know, you've prior to lockdown, you've really put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah, I think it's so important, important as well to be able to sit back and because as well, then you it, you stop yourself from like ruining it or doing something. Like there's been times where I've not been quite sure, so I've been I've sat back and had a look and thought about it, and I thought, God, if I was doing what I was doing before, I would have just gone at it and probably ruined it or done something that I wasn't happy with, and then. Um, so yeah, it's nice. It's really nice to be able to. I think it's important. I've learned that it's really important to do that. And in the long term, although you think um, you might be productive in a few hours, in the long term, if you take that time, you're going to make better work. And um, so yeah, I'm less in the in the state of mind of like just make it, make it, make work, make work. Like be really productive and more just just chill out a bit. I think. And and actually, the work that you've been making recently is, I think, the the works that I've sort of connected with the most in many ways, like this yellow series, because I think there is a kind of subtlety to it now, and and it feels like slightly different emotional content somehow. I, I don't know. Can you speak a bit about that series? It's the one I referenced in the introduction. Yeah. Um, so I started that series in January, um, 
And so again, we were in another lockdown. Yeah. But I th- again, it's kind of like, I feel like colour is such a good way to, I find that it really will fit, it, it will kind of satisfy like a, a mood or like a need that I've got. And it, I find it really, um, what's the word? It's... It just like at that moment in time, or those couple of it's months, therapeutic. It feels like it's your therapeutic, work. Yeah. yeah. And it just whatever fits. It just I kind of try not to think about it, but I think color does. I've noticed as well. I think color does play a really massive role. Yeah. Um, and I think as well because it, it was like dark. It was like rainy, um, and I think I just I don't know. I, I've always loved yellow, but I think I was just really attracted to um, that color in in those couple of months and I just wanted to as well I've never really worked kind of monochrome so I thought I just didn't want to use any other color at that moment I was just like I just don't really need to I don't really want to so um I just mixed up lots of different yellows um and I started using oil stick as well which I've never done before because I've only ever painted in acrylic and I want to I want to start painting in oils at some point but at the moment I'm really happy doing acrylics but I thought oil stick might be a good way to like introduce it a bit Mm. um so I really enjoyed that and then I was getting quite so I was using my like fingers a lot to like to blend and getting really up close to the canvas and I was also doing um I was getting a rolled canvas so it wasn't stretched so I was doing it straight on the wall which I found that I really liked um so painting making the paintings and then stretching afterwards oh cool so um yeah I just I just felt like yellow was just quite a nice comfortable color to use at that point yeah. and, when, and when I first saw your work like a year ago or so when you first messaged us um I noticed that it was kind of almost referencing cartoons which I know is something that that Russell well not necessarily cartoons but it's it's figurative and it has there's something about the reason I mentioned cartoons is because of the physicality in your paintings there's, they're like fleshy shapes they make me think like the way that you know Ellsworth Kelly is geometric abstraction, but it also feels cartoony because it's it's softened edges, and they have these sort. And I know Ellsworth Kelly is is a hero of yours, mm. uh, along with lots of other abstract expressionists like Carmen Herrera and Etel Adnan. Mm-hmm. There's all these these kind of fleshy, colourful. They are like the they make you think of the figure and the human, but they are also shapes, and they also come from um, like uh, they're like from your imagination. But um, you like to look into the subconsciousness and and channel that into these shows. But sorry, Rob, you were saying that... Yeah, and no, I was just saying that there's a, there was a picture of you, because sometimes you you have you next to your work, and there's one where you're like, you're, you're bending your back, you know, almost oh, like yeah. the characters in the in the paintings. Can yeah. you speak a bit about, like, that whole part of your work and the figuration and how that's now obviously evolved into these more monochrome works? But um, Yeah, I love that well, those were... Um, so I started, I realised, I've always, well, for, for a while I've... I've drawn quite a lot I've just done like random drawings and sketchbooks but it was weird because I never really thought of them as part of the part of artwork that I could make I would kind of like it was it's kind of like a therapeutic thing like I'll just draw away my sketchbook or something and then I would always put them to the side and never really use them and then I thought I can't remember I think at one point I just thought actually I quite like these drawings maybe I can try and make them into paintings because I think the way that they were quite automatic and quick and they're just like drawn straight away and they're quite silly and quite um they're they're often like weird figures and kind of cartoony like you say but and then I think the first I started making a few paintings inspired by the drawings Um, and then one of them the one you were saying um cloakroom because I'm actually I'm in that what the figure at the bottom is me (laughs) Um, so that was inspired by 
working, um, I, wor- I worked in a cloakroom at um, Freeze Masters a few years ago and just had this awful, awful day. Um, the mo- Most of it, because I was there for a week, was fine, but there was one day where it was raining really, really heavily um, and it was just really badly organised. So basically, like, everyone had umbrellas and coats and everything and they were bringing in these umbrellas and we put little raffle tickets on them to... Um, mark like the numbers and everything give them we'd put one raffle ticket on the umbrella and give them another one so by the time they came back all the raffle tickets were obviously damp <gasps> off the umbrellas so we had this just this massive queue of people all day trying to come and get there and everyone had black umbrellas so we'd go to the back and there would just be like a sea of umbrellas all black umbrellas no raffle tickets on them they'd all they'd all just like um fallen away because of the rain yeah. And we just couldn't find anyone's coats or anything. Of these, And it was just so stressful. And there were just so many angry people wanting like, and then you'd go back out and you'd put on your face and be like, oh yeah, so can you just describe your umbrella to me? Please? And they'd be like, yeah, so it's a black umbrella. And then you'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to have a look. And it was just like manic all day. And um, and then at the end of the day, I just, I was on the tube home and I just thought, oh, that was such a like rubbish day. I'm just going to do a silly little drawing about it. And then I was like, oh, that's quite funny. Actually, I might make that into a painting. So it's you like collapsed in exhaustion on the floor. Yeah, I I was just like, no, no more. I can't do it anymore. And those those figures that were in there were specific people that I remembered in the day. (laughs) I was like... You know what's really funny? Um, There's a story from um, Soho House Dean Street, uh, uh, the the kind of hotel um, in Dean Street Townhouse, where Tracy Emin had worked in the 1980s at the Gossips Nightclub. And she worked as a coat check girl and when when they opened that hotel she actually did a drawing for them of her um oh, like getting people's coats and it was this really i always remember that it's that in drawing this, the, in, and street story. townhouse you can eat yeah. by oh, it. isn't that hilarious i'd love to see that that's yeah. so funny but i love those personal like references that's really nice that kind yeah. of autobiography element what's good on your instagram is that you have you're talking about therapy and and channeling things you actually have something where you have a post and it says channeling negative energy into something meaningful yeah and that kind of struck a chord with me and it feels like art for you really is a way of mm. channeling anxieties and you know we're finding these yellow works at the start of the year when we're writing the like the the center of the second lockdown feels like something for you and finding this yellow and instinctively sticking with that is mm-hmm. definitely therapy is definitely yeah, like and like 100%. you need art you need to be doing yeah. this Definitely. Yeah, I always I, I always think if I've had a bit of time away, I just get like, I find myself getting angsty. I just it's, I guess it's just that release, isn't it? And it's just being able to express yourself in a way that's, I don't know, I guess I find it easier as well than I, I guess like words and other things. I could just it feels really um, it just feels really good. And also it's not even sometimes it's not I'm not doing something specific. I'm not um, responding to a specific um a thought or feeling or whatever it's just just the getting it out there and just focusing on the color and the shape and the line it's just yeah it's just feels really good and i i love it i think i'm most present as well when i'm painting oh like present in the moment present in the moment yeah yeah that's beautiful so so you are currently in the royal academy summer exhibition or you was in the royal academy summer exhibition um and but you also had a part-time job at the ra prior to this right (laughs) what did that what did that feel like and and this you were saying like you only have certain days when you were able to go into studios it's because you you had part-time jobs because you also had a part-time job at the national gallery and it's great that and you know you work at the freeze masters it's lovely that your part-time jobs are still around like the art world it's something brilliant but what was that like to then have had that part-time job where you are someone that 
welcomes people to these institutions and suddenly you have a work up there that's been selected by the committee yeah that was really cool actually um yeah I mean I, I loved working there it was such a great it was I really miss actually I went back recently to go and see the Tracy Emin exhibition yes, yes. Um, and it was nice I think because I've uh, been away for a while as well it was so nice being back and it's just I feel like it's just such just seeing so many familiar faces and it's such a special like place though I just love it um but yeah I think the fact of it did definitely help and especially some the summer exhibition um you get some really really busy days and it is quite it's just full-on and quite stressful you know it's just like a lot um a lot of people a lot of in you know just it's just busy so I think it definitely did it was just nice to know oh, I've got a painting in there it just um helped and oh, was you working was really... at the same time as your your painting being there yeah yeah <gasps> <laughs> so was you directing people to be like, look at this work up here. The night of um, the, the opening party, I was working in the cloakroom on that. And I, because I started work early and oh, I don't actually know if I should say this, but it's fine. Um, so me and my friend, um, Andrea, Andrea Turma, she's an artist as well. We were working, we snuck, snuck in early to the exhibition. So that picture that I've got of me like pointing up at it. Yeah was because we just snuck in and so it was empty as well and I didn't know where it was yet. So I was just looking around and I found it. It was like right on the, um, on like the top of the wall. But I was like, oh, there it is. And but it was quite cool because it is. it does get so busy in there. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's my um, painting. And then... Um, yeah, and then I saw Kylie as well. So that was really actually, yeah, I that even came to yeah, yeah. Oh. I saw her in a, like her silvery, silvery, sparkly dress. I was like, oh my god, it's Kylie. Oh, <laughs> we all love Kylie. So yeah, it was a great night all around. Oh, wicked! So that's that. It brings me to a thought as well. Like you've got work in this Art Without Walls new exhibition that's opening from the fourteenth to the twenty seventh of June. Um, how important is it? Because you were mentioning the Royal Academy there and actually having your work on display. Um, how important is it, particularly coming out of this pandemic, to have the opportunity? Um, you know, with Campari and Affordable Art Fair to actually be part of this incredible kind of outdoor exhibition. Yeah, it's so cool. I was so pleased when they told me. I, f- I feel like um, the fact that it's it kind of in quite a lot of locations in London as well and mm. the, the amount of eyeballs they said that people saw, going to see it, it's something to do with, um, do you know, it's, it's like similar to how many people would see um, something to take modern for two weeks or something if, yeah, if that's everyone right. that if went like, to the building saw it yeah i was like that's mad and um i think just to have yeah to have and i'm i guess as well it'd probably be quite large scale which is cool and just it's going to be the uk's outdoor largest outdoor gallery is what it's going yeah. to be which is just you're going to be yeah. a part of that it's incredible yeah it's really cool um, i think to have something in like a physical space as well after the last year is just and just have the opportunity in london because it's not easy to get your work displayed in london um, physically so yeah it was great really and what, what are you actually including so I'm including I think it's three three works um right. so I sell the prints on affordable art fair um mm-hmm. they're editions of 10 and there's three I think that are going to be up and displayed Amazing. so yeah that's really cool oh that's so cool and what, what what theme are they because people will be able to purchase them by going to the affordable art fair website because they have a whole yeah. kind of like e-commerce um section there but what what are the three is there are they different themes or are they related so they're actually um they're paintings that i made in lockdown last year cool. um at the first the first bit of lockdown and i made it was a series of 13 paintings and then um i framed them all and they're kind of like paints on their own and then i got them got photos taken so then I could sell um, prints of them. So they're kind of, 
they're all so the three the three that are displayed are part of that part of that series, but mm. they're all um, they're all kind of. I mean, I can't remember why I did some of them, which I, I quite like because I feel like they 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 were just for that moment, or it doesn't really matter. I don't need to know exactly what they're about now, but mm. that moment that was what they were about, sort of thing. But um, so that I guess as well, they're kind of. I think by the titles as well, because I title them when I do them, and then sometimes I can't really remember why, but. Um, some of them, I think it does make sense in terms of being in lockdown as well. And like what, I guess they were, they were just like, cause you know, the days were so different in lockdown. Like one day you felt this one day you felt the next. So, um, and they were the first paintings that I did when, like I was saying, I was, I was taking time and sitting back and looking. So, um, yeah, they're from that series. So what, what are the titles? So one of them um, is Nope, Not Today, mm-hmm. um, which actually I, look, I, I looked at recently and I've realised, weirdly, um, the composition of it is really similar to Cloakroom. So it's much more abstract. It's not figures, but it's kind of like the way that Cloakroom has got like a person which is meant to be me like under the desk mm. and then some figures sort of on the counter. It's got like a, a figure, like a shape on the bottom. And then if you put them next to each other, because they're both quite muted colours as well, mm. I don't know if that is just a weird connection, but I was just like, oh, that looks, that, that painting a bit. Um, but that one must have been just when I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not feeling it today. Um, nah, sort of on the nose. <laughs> but <laughs> although I think it was one as well where, you know, when you feel like that, but it's actually fine, you're a piece of it, you're like, oh, I just, I've just, just one of those days. So, mm. um, oh, there's one that's called Basque and it's really blue. It's got like a blue background. And I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that must have been, daydreaming about being on like a island in the sun with the blue sea or something because it's quite it's got a really like deep blue um and it kind of looks like there's like sandy colors in there and it almost looks like there's like a little pink cocktail as well i was thinking maybe <laughs> little campari yeah, yeah campari. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i love talking to artists like yourself and doing research is that little doors open so you open little doors like I go I'll I'll research Ellie Tate and I go hang on I've discovered something through Ellie Tate talking about it I know that you love research and you studied art history at Leeds but you've said that there was a groundbreaking moment for you when you discovered Kandinsky's Mm -hmm. concerning the spiritual in art and I was like I've never heard of that didn't know about that oh really I so I was like this is amazing thank you so much and then we were talking about color just now and I went and I've started like skim reading sections that I could Mm -hmm. draw up off, off of Google and there was a bit that really struck me that I've discovered through talking to you from the book where he talks about colour and he says, colour is the power which directly influences the soul. Colour is the keyboard. The eyes are the hammers. The soul is the piano with many strings. The artist is the hand which plays, touching one key or another to cause vibrations of the soul. Mm-hmm. And I read that and I went... That's yeah. profound. That's normally something that Rob will come up with because it's talking about this. <laughs> yeah. and it's He's stealing my, my I was MO. Like, I was like, that's, that, that's yeah. what's so brilliant. But that means a lot to you because spirituality and the subconsciousness and you, you talk about seances and I want to know if you meditate. If was that something that you really mm-hmm. look to or enjoy or embrace is yeah. the stuff that isn't the physical and then you try and yeah. make that physical by creating drawings and paintings. Yeah, I've tried meditating. I've, I'm not really that good at it, but um, I can see... The thing is, I think I can see how it would be really 
useful and helpful because I feel like that's what I do when I'm painting anyway it's quite a meditative Mm. thing and I think it's because you go into that other place where you're just in your own world and um I guess in a way it could be quite spiritual but um yeah that that the Kandinsky book I read that and I feel like every page is like a yes like that's so true and I wrote down so many because I've got like a notebook I'll write down notes if like something um that I want to remember or something and and he talks a lot about the inner need in that book as well, I remember, which is just like that. It's basically like the impulse, you know, when you just feel like you, ha- you have an urge, that like you have to paint you ha- or you have to express yourself somehow. Um, so, yeah, I, I loved Yeah, I loved He also said <laughs> colour and form are the two weapons of painting. Mm, and that, yeah. that was like, yeah, that's so, like they're weapons. These, this this yeah. is what you're yielding. That's where your power lies. Do you know what I mean? That as an artist, they are, and you go, these are your weapons when you're channeling, when you're creating. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like, I guess, like if it was like a language, they're the words in a way. That's You use them as the tools to express yourself, colour and form. And mm. that's how you get out whatever you need to get out or whatever you're expressing, even if you don't know what it is. You can just use colour and form and... You don't have to plan what you're doing, but you're just like the color and the form will just lead the way, and you're like, "That feels right. I'm going to do that," mm. which is not. Yeah, I think yeah, it's great. <laughs> it makes me think of um, an artist in New York that I know, a friend of mine called Marina Adams. I don't know if you know her paintings, but but she often quotes poetry, and um, she, her work is like related in some ways to some of your more um, geometric kind of abstract works, like the way you do the color blocks and you know those kind of. Uh, shapes that aren't figurative but they could reference figures in a way um i think you'd really like her and also it made me think of a quote in our book in the talk art book about um from rebecca warren when she makes her sculptures and how the idea of like making the ideas can come out of that so rather than beginning with an idea you just have to like feel it out almost and like create the artwork and then the the ideas come out of it I, i actually think that's a really healthy thing that isn't always taught in art school because in art school you're sometimes forced to come up with a concept before you've even made something yeah yeah and as well it's it's funny when you look back and you think god I, I couldn't really imagine doing that now because in that moment or in that space you were in you're like that was just then and that's mm. quite nice because then it's quite nice to be a bit separate from it because then you can just kind of move on and think like that was that was for then and then yeah and then you can just trust that whatever you do now you'll find at some point you'll find your way in what you're doing it's just yeah. I guess it's just trusting in a way the process and what and what just feels right i think well, I, yeah, I love your work i love your work and i love the way that you you cite you know you you are an art history fan and you yeah, cite I love your references art so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah but that's you're an artist that it, loves which is art why i love you guys because i'm like god they just love it and i love your enthusiasm and that's like why i love the podcast and everything because i'm just like your excitement and your passion i'm like oh yes that's yeah i, I feel the same i yeah. love it but just i mean your your instagram is fantastic so everyone listening get onto ellie tate's it's at ellie tate on instagram and it's amazing it's at, at ellie tate art Sorry, yes, Ellie Tate Art on Instagram. But, I mean, you, yeah. you do cite, like, that you love Hockney, Rose Wiley. Um, I see a lot of Sorry. Russian construction, constructivism. How do you say it? Russian... Constru- Russian constructivism. Constructivism, right. Yes, yeah. I feel like I'm slurring after my Campari. And uh, there's Miro... <laughs> you have to drink and, responsibly, Ross. Oh, sorry, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Miro, Leon Polk-Smith. Um, and then also I can see Patricia Treeb. Do you know her work? 
Patricia Treeb. Patricia Tribe. Tribe. T R I E B. Is it Tribe? Yeah, tribe. Treeb. Yeah, Patricia Patricia Tribe. Yes, her work. I is... don't think so. Yeah, look look her up because though. the work's yeah. there. But there was one work where you described the work, and you for a while you were working on these kind of like empty parchments, and then you would have these bursts of color and shape, mm. and and uh, like these. Um, but, but like parts that arrive but one way you described it was you said that there was like a quiet parchment background with a party mm. on top and there's yeah. something about that really <laughs> satisfied me the way that you described yeah. it yeah they were yeah because they were done I've, I've I've realized as well that I tend to work in series so I think it's kind of like having an idea and just like getting quite obsessed with that idea and just doing lots of work around that and then like even now I'm going, I feel like I've just naturally started going back towards the kind of weird figurative, like the abstract fig- figurative sort of mm. stuff. But those, I, I think, because I, I can kind of look back in hindsight and think about why I did them. And I think those ones, because they were, I got a lot of satisfaction with those out of using that really plain parchment background mm. and then the shapes on top. And then I was really, really controlled with the paint. So I didn't want to get, they would have been ruined if any of the paint got on that that light background it was almost like a challenge and all the colors had to be really separate and distinct on their own um and they were kind of weird like buggy kind of mm. shapes and mm. stuff like and in those ones yeah I just whereas then when I moved on to the yellow ones which was afterwards um I was smudging and I was like I don't mind if they're they're not distinct and all this sort of stuff and so it's kind of weird with within a within like a space with two months to kind of be like no I don't want to do that anymore Mm. so yeah I think as well it's just still I'm in that thing of having all this time to paint that I'm just like a bit erratic with it maybe Mm. I'm just like I want to try that I want to try that that's brilliant that's what you should be doing you've just got lots of enthusiasm for it as an audience the more you look at your work the more you get from it the more you enjoy it you 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 take other things away from it and I think it's you know, what could be seen as, as quite simple in times when you look at it, actually, mm. they're not, there's, there's quite a lot of complexity in there and it's quite a lot of psychology in there, I see. Yeah, mm. oh, yeah definitely. <laughs> I, really, I really like the fact you love Georgia O'Keeffe as well. I love Georgia, Georgia O'Keeffe. Um, my mum is a massive Georgia O'Keeffe fan and when I was a kid, she always used to like constantly bring it up. And I think that was one of the art references that I remember from childhood. When I saw that you loved her, I could really yeah. see that influence in your work as well. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a really, really good um, biography of hers, actually. I'll, Do you? I'll the name and you can tell your mum. It's really, oh, cool. it's like big. It's quite a hefty book, but um, it for my mom. it's really, really, really good. It kind of reads like a novel because it goes through her life from start mm-hmm. to finish, but... Um, yeah, I just, I think she's, I love her work and I love the way that she approached art and the way, um, that she just made it like she, she kind of didn't really make any compromises about it. She was just so committed Mm. and, um, I just think her work's beautiful and yeah, I really want to go to, um, New Mexico to where she lived. Yes. Yes. She took herself off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, those paintings as well she made during that period are just like the most amazing works, aren't they? They're so beautiful. Yeah. There was an exhibition of hers at the Tate a few years ago, which was really, really good, which I loved. Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? And I remember you writing and saying you really liked the Rose Wiley episode we did um, yeah. like ages ago. And I think Russ wrote a catalogue essay and you really liked the book. And Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I found the book in a charity shop actually and, and oh. was so pleased because I got it for a good price. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was, um, yeah, I love that. Ex- was that the one at the Serpentine? 
Yeah, I think so. Was it the quack? I didn't write. I didn't. The yeah, quack, I, didn't, I didn't write the uh, essay for that one. I wrote the essay for one that was somewhere else. But I was going to oh, say, in America. already in the charity shop. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Charity shops are in Florida. Good place? No, they are. I saw she was having one in Florida. Was it that one? That was it. Yes, that was a Florida one. Yeah. Right, so oh, yeah, it was a Florida one. Yeah. Yeah, that was more. Yeah, I saw that that was going on. Thought it looked. I only amazing. thought about it, Ross, because when we did the talk up book and you go on like Amazon and Waterstones and stuff, it comes up with like authors. And when you look at Russell Tovey or Robert Diamond, yours actually comes up with like he's previously written in Rose Wiley's. Book. Oh right. Oh great. Yeah, you're well, like famous. Well, there you go. As a Rose Wiley writer, babe. There you go. Thank you. Thank you um, very much. Like Ellie, that. what is your studio snacks? How do you feel yourself when you're going into these trance-like states and making your work? Um, studios, well, since I've been at home, it's been a lot more varied and exciting, I think, because there's, like, so much more food. Um, and <laughs> so, um, I mean, cups of tea just regularly. Yeah, and then, was... I don't know, I love chocolate. I love... I just have like I just love Dunkin' dark chocolate into tea. I could just mm. eat so much of it. Um, <laughs> pe- peanut butter. Oh, I'm with um, you. Crisps. Oh, I think we've got the same crazy, diet, Ellie. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like regularly eat, eat really. peanut butter like on the spoon. Do you know what I mean? Oh, same, same. Oh. That's my favorite way to eat it. Actually, try it on a celery stick. Oh. There you go. There's your hot tip. There's your toasty tip. Are you serious? Tip. Yes, celery stick in it. peanut butter. Delicious. I think I love peanut butter as much as art. I just love it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Peanut butter, art and dogs is like the only things I need. The holy, the holy <laughs> trinity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so look, we ask every guest two questions. The first one is, if you could do an imaginary art heist and we can help you, we can bring cranes, vans, anything you need, we can turn off the alarm systems yep. um, and take home an artwork from anywhere, what would it be? So obviously, because I've listened to this a lot, I know this question was coming and I've changed my mind, I think, quite a lot, maybe sort of depending on if maybe I've seen a painting that I love or an artwork and I've thought, oh, that's going to be my um, my one. But I think the one that I've thought from the beginning and which I think I'll go for is um, a Yayo Kusama Infinity Mirror Room in my house. So I've never actually I've never been I've never been to one, but. I just, I love her as well. I've read her um, autobiography and I just love the idea of it, the just having a space that you can go and just kind of contemplate the universe and Mm -hmm. our existence and just, I don't know, I just think that, I I think part of me doesn't want to go to one because I know that it's quite organised with how, how long you can spend in the room and, you know, all this sort of stuff. So if I had one in my house, I could go in whenever I wanted yes. and I could just sit there in There wouldn't be a queue. Like, yes. Exactly, and I could just queue. stay in there for eight and kind of, yeah, just have a little time to myself, I think. Russ, I took um, Laura to see one in um, King's Cross at Victoria Mirror. Laura Aikman. Like, yeah, just after we record, or we were about to record our episode with her right at the beginning of Talk Art, mm. like 2018. Mm. And um, it's so extraordinary when you get to walk yeah. through them because it is just totally endless and it really yeah. opens your mind and it's so expansive. It's such a very simple but genius kind of concept, yeah. isn't it? I love the idea of you stealing it so that you can spend more time in it. That's beautiful. Yeah, I just disappear into it all the time. <laughs> I just lock the door. <laughs> I, mean, I, yeah. I think they've got one at Tate at the moment in London, maybe. Yeah, I did see that actually. I thought mm. about, I don't know, I'm worried that it will just ruin my... Um, idea of it if I go to one I don't oh, know yeah. I don't know that's sure. pretty extraordinary it is yeah. it is so the other but question also, we, oh, go on, sorry, sorry go, go, there's go, actually go. another one that oh, yeah. if I could have two I would also like just any Van Gogh um, would be great oh cool if I, if I that, that's the two I was going between but they're the two that I'm like I've always thought 
and then other things will come in, but those two. But you've <laughs> seen a Van Gogh in the flesh, Gogh. right? So if you've not seen the Infinity yeah. Room, you should, where have you seen them? Um, on the National Gallery. Um, when you worked there as well. When I worked there, yeah. Could you go and stand um, by them if you worked there? Was you able to just sort of like hang out by Van Gogh? Yeah, you could, you could. Um, and not, actually, because I know you had Piers Brosnan on recently and you were talking about, um, was it the, actually, was it the National? Was it, no, was, was it the Met that that film is filmed well, in? Oh, but, Thomas Crown Affair. Oh, yeah. yes. And they recreated the Met, yeah. But mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the money, yeah. Um, but no, it wasn't quite like that. But um, yeah, we could, we could go and stand there like in our breaks and stuff and... I did. That's but. so cool. Because you've described yourself as being the annoying person that stands really close to the canvases in the museums. Yeah, I really do. It's so annoying. I know I can hear people talking behind me and getting like heavy breathing, getting annoyed and huffing, but I'm like, oh, I just really need to see like how the paint is on the canvas. <laughs> so I just go in and get my nose right up there. So it's fine. I love that. I love that. <laughs> well, you're allowed to do it. And I think you should, because yeah. especially as a painter, you want to see you the kind see of... the surface and texture. Yeah, and what, yeah. what the artist has done. I love the Van Gogh... what they were seeing. Yeah, true. I love the Van Gogh Letters show at the Royal Academy because I liked the idea you got to sort of see what was going on in his brain alongside the artworks and all the kind of complex relationships, you know, all connected. Yeah. It was a really brilliant show, that one. Yeah, yeah, I loved that one as well. So the other question we ask is, what is your favourite colour? Um, again, so I think it goes between yellow and orange quite a lot. I think, mm. I think yellow is probably... If I had to pick, um, but then as well again, like there's three <laughs> specific shades of actually three colours that I'd pick, which would be <laughs> a mustard yellow, mm. um, a terracotta orange, mm. and a Frida Kahlo blue. If I could have the, those three in some way, that would be great. But if I had to pick, it would just be like a warm yellow, probably. I like the fact you picked three, actually. I think we never had that before. It's very cool. But also Frida Kahlo, well, you share that with Rob. I've you know, and I've listened. I've thought, what would I pick? <laughs> I also just thought, though, um, we, we spoke to Olivia Lang recently, the amazing writer who writes incredibly well. and I just love her writing. It's extraordinary um, about art and different topics, politics. But her favourite colour was yellow as well. I think yellow is such a vital sort of uplifting colour, isn't it? But you both came into art through Frida Kahlo, didn't you? you Ellie, you, yeah. you, Frida was one of your first kind of ventures into yeah. discovering art. Yeah, Frida Kahlo and Van Gogh, I feel like they were the ones that made me just completely fall in love and just, um, I just think their works are so, so beautiful. So different, mm. actually, both of them. But, I, yeah, I love them. And, yeah, I want to go again to Mexico. Is it, Me- is it Mexico? Yes, yeah. to the Blue, Blue House. City. House. Yeah. Yes, I'm just. I went there in about oh, 2013 or something and I got to spend it a whole day. Like, I went to her house and I overstayed my welcome, like what you were talking about with That's the so Yoyo Kasama well. room. I literally just wouldn't leave and I just said to them, look, guys, I've waited a long time for this moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they had the Vogue exhibition of all her clothes um, in the oh, building wow. outside the house. So I got to literally spend like four hours there or five hours. Trying and then I went clothes. on to the, to the, music, to the um, studios of her and Diego Rivera where they were linked by a bridge. And um, I loved the gate, the gate and the, the, the kind of fence around it was all cacti. It was so cool. Oh, cool. That sounds amazing. Mm. It's really worth going. If you can do that one day, you should definitely yeah. should. It's really life-affirming. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, definitely. thank you so yeah. much. Well, listen, we, we want to make sure that everyone listening, we want to get you to go to Art Without Walls exhibition, which is from the 14th of June. And also we'd like you to support the artists involved by purchasing their artwork. All their artwork is available to purchase from the Affordable Art Fair website. 
Um, and That's right. please try Negronis at home like we have been today. <laughs> yeah. been, but you must drink responsibly, everybody. Drink responsibly, but it has yeah. been delicious, yeah. and it's but a it lovely summer cocktail. Perfect for the summer, yeah. Yes. And you can follow Campari UK on Instagram to get latest news and update on what they're doing with creativity and art. And you can also follow at Affordable Art Fair UK on Instagram and visit the Affordable Art Fair website and you're going to be able to get Ellie's artworks exactly, and also please. explore loads of other incredible emerging artists that you might not know yet. It's the artists of the future. What has this been um, like, Ellie, anyway, to have a Campari opportunity? How has that been a benefit so to cool. you? Yeah, amazing. I mean, I was drawn in right away because, as I said, I love Negronis. And then, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then just, I don't know, just to be involved in something like this is just really cool. I've never done it before. So, oh. yeah, I was, I was so um, pleased to be asked. Great. Well, I'm so happy you're, you've been a talk art guest because we've been chatting for a while now. And yeah, sorry I just think we have a shared enthusiasm <laughs> and I really appreciated it when you reached out. And also do feel free to write to us because we, we do read all our messages. Sometimes we're obviously hectic, more hectic than others, especially mm-hmm. when the book came yes. out. But, but it is really nice. And we do visit your, your Instagram. Yes. And everybody looking at your Instagram, please check yeah. out Ellie in a Kandinsky Xmas party unitard yeah. painted costume <laughs> uh, standing on some stairs, which you painted yourself, and I think it is incredible. It's and really cool. uh, I hope you've that's archived a, that because that's going to be in the VA one day. I yeah. think that was amazing. I've got, I need another excuse to wear it though, because I've got it like in my drawer. But I'm like, when do you wear that? <laughs> I think when we put this episode out, I think you need to put, put the Kandinsky painted unitard back on and do a picture that's to promote a very it. Good point. There you Actually, go. I'm going to do that. Yes, yeah. I think that would be so the perfect can, thing. So you to can do. see that photo, but also lots of Ellie's art at, at Ellie Tate Art on Instagram and EllieTate.com. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Thank you, Ellie. So stick around, Ellie. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye, everyone. Be back very soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode. With music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening.